you want to have the weekends with your kids. You don't want to be in the store all the time, seven days a week. You don't want to give up your free time. You like, you know, going to your kids' sporting events. There's nothing wrong with that, but get really fucking clear on what it is that you want before you start comparing yourself to what everyone else has, because the grass is not always greener. And if you want something bad enough, you can achieve it. But don't tell yourself that you want this when you don't want to do what it takes to get that. Welcome back to Experable. I'm your host, Krati Mehra. And in this show, we learn from the success and struggles of people we admire and dive deep into concepts that help us expand the possibilities available to us so we can freely, boldly design the life we desire, discover the depth and breadth of our capabilities, access the wisdom available in the world around us, and even on really bad days, love what we see in the mirror. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome back to Experable. Today, you are going to hear my conversation with Christina LeCure, voted one of the top confidence coaches in 2020, former professional golfer and TV host. Christina now works with an extensive list of clientele from around the world, including coaches, entrepreneurs, and Wall Street CEOs. After years of battling low self-confidence and an eating disorder, Christina was able to turn her life around to create her dream life in a multi-six-figure business. In our conversation, we dive deep into what it takes to build a successful business, Christina's journey from being a golf pro to becoming a confidence coach, and what are the key things that someone starting out in the world of digital entrepreneurship needs to be mindful of. With both faith and action such an important part of her story and her teachings, I also asked Christina which one of the two was most instrumental in building her success. We, of course, also talked about the mindset and perspective to maintain as the rejections pour in, how to prioritize profits without letting it dilute your authenticity and the quality of service you offer, and how to go through this journey with your ego firmly in the backseat. If you have big ambitions and ideas, but you are struggling to build a business, or maybe you are yet to take that first step, this conversation is for you. Christina helps us understand the kind of mindset we must maintain as we go through challenges and how to make choices that help us stay in alignment with our truth and care less about the judgment and opinions of others. Let's dive in. Thank you so much, Christina, for making time for this interview. So, so glad to have you here. Let's dive into the deep end. I know you went from being a golf pro to a confidence coach, which was quite the transition, right? Quite the change. And I know I've read in a lot of your content that you felt very out of alignment. You didn't feel like things were quite right in your life. What was that like? Because I know a lot of people experience this sense of restlessness and they don't really know how to pin it down, how to understand it, or even how to act on it. So what was that transition like? What 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 is it like when you feel out of alignment? How do you recognize it for what it is? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's like almost like this still small voice inside of you when you're out of alignment. Things feel very hard. Um, I think that oftentimes people feel like what they're doing doesn't make an impact. What they're doing isn't fun. What they're doing isn't what they truly want to be doing. You know, I talk a lot about people shooting on themselves all the time. Like you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. Whether it comes from family, friends, you know, the culture, whatever it is. I mean, oftentimes so many people 
think that they should be doing something that feels very out of alignment. And, you know, if there's been no one ahead of you that has ever done something different, it's hard to do something different. And that's the reason why I think it's very helpful, you know, nowadays with the internet, I mean, my God, you know, you and I are in two different continents for crying out loud and we're able to connect. So it's so easy for people to now be able to kind of look at other situations and go, oh my gosh, like there is someone doing what I want to do. Oh my gosh, there is someone who's done something different and had a lot of success. So I think it's very helpful nowadays with obviously with the internet for us to be able to see that like, yes, we can do something different. What was it like when you made that transition? Yeah. So basically I was playing professional golf and at the time I started doing hosting corporate and charity golf events. So companies and charities and corporations used to hire me to play golf with executives. And the reason why they did that is because I called it the trifecta, which is kind of funny. I looked a certain way, I could communicate a certain way and I played golf a certain way. But I think what I did on the golf course that I did probably better than most people is I was able to connect with other humans on any level. You know, I think at the end of the day, I was a, I called myself a human connection expert because at the end of the day, if you can connect with someone on a human level, you and I, we don't know each other. We live in two different worlds, but if you and I can connect on a human level, we'll have a connection. And I was really, really good at that. And companies hired me over and over and over again because their clients had a great experience you know, it just happened to be that we were doing it on the golf course or at dinner after golf or whatever it is. And when you get to spend five hours with someone on a golf course, you really get to know them. It's really hard to lie for five straight hours on the golf course. So you really get to know who, who someone is. So I learned a lot from the people that I was playing with. I learned, and a lot of the people that I was playing with were very successful in business. And I picked up a few things that most successful business people had. I, I was constantly a sponge. Like I was, I was getting paid to learn from very successful humans. And so I figured out along the line that, you know what, I enjoyed the human connection expert much more than I actually enjoyed the golf. The golf was just right. a vehicle to allow me to really figure out that that's the part that I really loved. And so I transitioned, you know, I, I was playing professional golf. Then I transitioned to the corporate stuff. And then I just was honestly, I was just sick and tired. I was in a really bad place. I didn't feel like I had a purpose. I didn't like what I was doing. I had a horrible eating disorder. I was miserable. And I just decided that like I was no longer going to chase golf because I chased golf because everyone told me that golf was what was going to make me happy. Golf was what was going to make me successful. Right. It was going to make me famous. It was going to make me money. But what I come to find out is that like the golf part of it had nothing to do with what I actually loved. And so when I started working on myself, you know, I dove in heavily to self-development. I was kind of at my rock bottom when I was like 27, 28 years old. And at that time I was doing the corporate golf events, but I was like, I have to do something different. I have to figure out how to be happy. I have to figure out what fulfills me. And I knew that being around successful people, I knew the learning the way that these people think was something that I was super interested in. So one of my mentors at the time, he was in he was a golf instructor, but really he became a personal mentor of mine. He really started in infusing in me that my confidence was the thing that was making me successful on the golf course and off the golf course. And so I started really kind of tapping into 
like self-development. I started tapping into the fact that like, I had no idea. I didn't grow up with parents who taught me the power of your thoughts, the power of positive thinking, that your thoughts create your reality. I had no fucking clue. I just showed up to life. And so I started becoming obsessed with training my mind. I started becoming obsessed with like, oh my gosh, the way that I think controls my reality. And so for five or six years, I just dove into self-development. I was still doing the golf stuff, but slowly but surely my life was changing and the people around me were noticing I was much more confident. I was much more happy. I was getting paid a lot more money because I was confident enough to command my worth. You know, back in the day, six years ago, when I first started, I created a course called Commanding Your Worth because I wanted women to be confident enough to charge what they were worth. And a lot of times, you know, and this isn't only women, men do this too, but women in general, especially when you're selling a product or a service, women always kind of negotiate. They don't feel super confident in charging a super a certain price. And so I created a course in the beginning about commanding your worth. And that kind of slowly but surely turned into group programs and one-on-one programs. And now I just do one-on-one coaching. But, you know, it it was a slow transition. I never set out to create a business. I set out to change my life, to figure out how to be happy. And then slowly but surely, a lot of people started coming to me and being like, hey, how are you so confident? How do you charge that amount of money? You know, and and then my business organically grew over the years. So that's kind of how I went from golf to the way I am today. (laughs) That's quite the journey. And there's so much to learn from there. Like the one thing I would love to know is how do you go from letting other people direct your life for you, letting other people tell you what is right for you to suddenly making your own choices? Because that is quite a switch. No, absolutely not. Because, you know, a lot of it comes into, you know, you don't want to disappoint people around you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't trust themselves, you know, from a young age, whether your parents are amazing or not, a lot of people have told you how you should think or what you should do. And it becomes kind of ingrained into you. That little voice inside of you is like, well, this is what I should be doing. This is what my parents tell me to do. This is what everyone else is around me is doing. Mm -hmm. But I believe it's really getting clear on listening to that still small voice inside of you. You know, as a coach, I tell people all the time, I don't tell anyone what to do. I help them get clear on what they need to do. Every single person on this planet knows what they need to do, but a lot of people are not either confident enough or clear enough to trust that small, still voice inside of themselves. So I think that that's probably the biggest thing is, is the fact that like I was able to understand that like I had a bigger purpose, something that like made me so excited. You know, I'm talking to you at 530 in the afternoon and I never work this late, but I'm fired up because this is what is on my soul. This is what I would do for free. This is what I do all day long. I love what I get to do. And I started trusting what made me excited, what spiked my voice with excitement. What injustice did I see in the world? You know, I always think that those three things are pretty big. Like what gets you excited? What could you talk about all day? And what injustice do you see in the world? I hated when I saw women, especially in the beginning, not being confident in themselves or the value that they provided or what they wanted to do in this world. And they let other people dictate what they were going to do because they should be doing it. And so Mm -hmm. I just became Mm -hmm. super passionate about encouraging people to like do the thing that they know that they want to do. Every single person has that inside of you. And your job is to really clearly figure out what that is and live that out. Do you think it has something to do with uh, like shifting your focus off of 
like shifting your focus away from external validation and focusing on what feels good to you and if that is like i believe that is an important part of it uh, i don't know what your experience has been if that is so important how do people do that because you know the world we live in social media is such an invasive part of everyone's life and the social media is kind of set up in a way in fact all of marketing is set up in a way it is to sort of in- encourage feelings of comparison feelings of this this need to be better than everyone else so how do people carry that with them because to a certain extent it's unavoidable and also i think encourages you to work harder which is good but carry that in a positive way and also like do all the things that, that you said that, that need to be done for a person to be happy for a person to be satisfied with what they're doing like doing what is in alignment with your higher vision or uh, you know focusing more on what it is that you want how do we do that in today's age yeah i think a big part of it is making sure you surround yourself with the right people who are going to hold you accountable you know mm-hmm. on my i do i have probably 30 something plus one on one clients right now and i would tell you that probably 20 of those this week we're going to talk about how to come back to what's true in alignment for you you know i've had a coach now for years who makes sure that i'm staying very much in alignment with what is best for me you know a perfect example is I am a one-on-one coach in this industry that I exist in. 90% of people will tell you what I do is wrong because it's very hard to scale to seven, eight figures. For me, I could get it in totally caught up in this person's doing that, that person's doing this, this person's doing that. I could totally compare myself and think what I am doing is failing. So I really am good about putting what I call stop losses in my life. I have things that are, you know, help me put on the blinders. Of course, every once in a while, I feel like, oh gosh, am I doing it wrong? Or every once in a while, I feel like, oh gosh, maybe I should have done it the other way. But I have a really amazing support team that helps me get clear on like, okay, what are your priorities? You know, the three things that my three pillars that I coach on are decision, faith, and action. And for me, the faith part is like really enjoying the experience. I don't give a shit if any one of my clients are making seven, eight figures and they're absolutely miserable. I don't care if you have a blue check mark and a million followers. Your life is super short and I want you to enjoy the experience on the planet. I know that I know that I know that I know for me creating these big programs or, you know, getting that blue check mark or creating courses or whatever it is, is out of alignment for me. So when I talk about the confidence and the clarity that those are the two main things I really help people with, when a person is confident in what they're supposed to do, yes, you have moments where you feel like, Perhaps it's not going right or I should be doing this, Mm -hmm. but then it's coming back to like, no, what is the vision? What am I here to do? What lights me up the most? What kind of life do I truly want? I think that that's something that's very, very important. Most people think they want something, but the truth is they actually want something completely different. I was on a coaching call with a client of mine this morning and she's like, oh, this person scaled their business to like $5 million in two years. And I've been in business for two and a half years. What's wrong with me? I go, there's nothing wrong with you, but you want to have the weekends with your kids. You don't want to be in the store all the time, seven days a week. You don't want to give up your free time. You like, you know, going to your kids' sporting events. There's nothing wrong with that, but get really fucking clear on what it is that you want 
before you start comparing yourself to what everyone else has, because the, the grass is not always greener. And if you want something bad enough, you can achieve it. But don't think, don't tell yourself that you want this when you don't want to do what it takes to get that. Right. That is an incredible, very, very like true answer True, in the sense that this needs to be said and nobody's willing to say it because oh I say it all the time (laughs) yeah yeah me too like I feel like this needs to be said because there is this very strong self-love self-care narrative and have it all narrative where manifestation and like all of these practices the clever business tactics from people who have already made it so are not quite in the trenches anymore these come these formulas come from these people and to me it's like First of all, even if I could get to that place without putting in the work, I wouldn't want to. Because without putting in the work, I wouldn't quite be the person worthy of that title, worthy of that reward. And at the same time, also, this is so dangerous because like with when The Secret came out, people went crazy and they started following it to like to this extreme degree. But nobody told them that you, hello, you also have to work. They completely (laughs) missed that point. This is, oh my God, yes, this is 100% it. Like, I promise you, I say all the time, it's decision, faith, and action. So like the faith part is like the woo manifestation, Mm -hmm. like the fun part, which I'm totally all about. Like, I don't want you to hate your experience. The decision is like, burn the bridges. Everyone says all the time, oh, I made a decision. But did you truly make a decision? Like, Mm. did you go all in, burn the bridges, all the things? But the last part, you're bang on, girlfriend. It's the action part. Yeah. You cannot sit on your fucking couch and expect to create a million dollar business. Yeah. No one has done it before, like manifesting it. It's part of it, but there's so much action that has to be taken there. And I want you to enjoy the experience. There is going to be times where it sucks, but overall you can create a life. You can create a business that you enjoy the process really when your mindset's unlocked. Yeah, <laughs> that's lovely. Let me ask you, what does that process look like for you? Like, I know apart from like teaching women or teaching your clients how to do this stuff, like do this process. What does that process look like for you in your life? You, as you go through your life, your personal life, and then you, as you're creating your uh, coaching business, being there for your clients, what does that look like? Where does decision, faith and action come in for you? And what do they look like on a daily basis? Yeah, absolutely. So literally when I was like that 27, 28, I made the decision that I was no longer okay being miserable. I knew that there was other people out there that had less than me. Like I had a good life. I had Mm -hmm. a, like a, like my husband now, but like my boyfriend, I was making six figures. Like I had a a modeling deal. Like I had a good life, but I was not fucking happy. Mm -hmm. So I knew that there was other people that had less than me that were happy. How did they do it? I made the decision to go all in. I made the decision that I was going to figure out how to be happy no matter what. Burn the bridges. I did. I put my ass on the line. Like my very first coach was like $18,000. It wasn't a great investment, to be honest. Like the actual coach wasn't that great. But the fact that I went all in at the time Mm -hmm. was huge. The fact that like I did anything and everything I said no to, I I did a live event in Austin years ago where I say, you know, and I don't know if you know who this is, but like George Strait is this big country singer and he's extremely famous. And a a buddy of mine has like this private jet and he's like, I'll come pick you up. We'll go play in Mexico at this golf tournament. I had to say no to that. 
because I was planning something for my business. Like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity that I had to say no to because I wanted the grand scheme. I wanted the future more than I wanted that like little blip of fun in the moment. If I had said yes to that in the moment, I wouldn't have been able, and maybe I would have, maybe I wouldn't have, but like what I have today, I've had to sacrifice for. And you're Mm -hmm. absolutely right. When you are watching these, you know, even if it's like a six figure coach or an eight figure, it doesn't really matter. The person who has success, they are telling you now from the perspective where they weren't fucking completely stressed out working all the time, you know? You can do it to where you don't have to burn yourself completely out. And that's the reason why I, I'm a big proponent of coaching is because we can help you like go quicker and faster. Yeah. Like, hey, I made this mistake here. Let's go left here. I went right and it was a dumpster fire. So let's take you left <laughs> right. here. But that's why I think, you know, it's helpful to have someone who's done what you want to do, go ahead of you and support you along the way. But there's going to be a ton of work. Like I literally used to sit at my dining room table. I hired my little brother's girlfriend to be my assistant for like $15 an hour where we used to sit at the kitchen table and figure out like what the course looked like, how to take photos in my house, you know, what, like building a website. I had to like, you know, basically like put it all together. I did everything in the beginning. I used to have an assistant at Christina LaCure email. Well, guess what? I'd answer those emails. Hey, email my assistant. And then I'd email back. You know, everyone has to do it. Now I have an amazing team and I'm super fortunate, but like in the fucking beginning, I didn't. And one thing that I did that, you know, some people do have to do or don't have to do is like, I never quit my golf job before, like, until maybe like fully quit until maybe three years into my business, because guess what? I needed money. Like I needed to be making money. So I was like side hustling this and going all in on it, but also like still needed to create income in a different way. So I don't Mm -hmm. think, I think you're absolutely right in the fact that like this industry makes you think that like, it's all like manifestation sitting on the couch and no one takes massive action. It's always Make a decision, burn the bridges, have the faith that it's supposed to be for you, that things are happening for you. When it feels like you're failing, there's a reason for it. If you wanted something to happen so badly, believe, believe that it's happening for you. And then the massive amount of action. Yeah. So tell me something, when you are like putting in all of this action, you're pouring your heart and soul into it, essentially, then when the rejections pour in, when things don't go quite your way, even though you thought through the process, you were really careful with how you did things. But despite that, when things don't go your way, how do you manage those moments? Yeah, those things still happen. Those things happen on a weekly basis. You know, I think everyone thinks when you get to a certain level of success, that those things are going to go away. They never go away. Like I hate to tell you, it doesn't matter how much money you have, how Mm -hmm. much success you have, those things never go away. And so I think you understand that they're going to happen. You don't take them as personal. You understand that like, okay, maybe it wasn't supposed to be right now, Mm -hmm. or you learn how to like, you know, obviously we talk a lot about objections, like talking through objections with people. Like most of the time it's never about me. It's about the other person. So I, I, I am able to like disassociate myself from it, but like, yeah, there's been certain things that I was like, gosh, I really wanted that. But I think 
you know, me having my faith, like for me, faith is God, but for my clients, I don't really care what it is. But like, for me, I, I trust that, okay, Christina, you wanted this super bad and you don't know why it's happening, but you have to have the trust that, okay, there's a reason and a purpose. And maybe it's not right now. Maybe it's something better. And I think for me, that's so important to me and my clients because that part allows this experience of life and business to be easier and to enjoy it more when I can go, okay, that really sucked. And maybe I'll cry. Maybe I'll scream. And maybe I'll be mad for two days, but I can get through it quicker when I know that it's happening for me. Yeah. I love that. Like you allow yourself to have your moment and valor if you, if you need that, but then you keep moving forward. I wonder if you'll agree with me because I've always believed that like the assessment Uh, of whether you are in alignment now with the shifts that you've made or not is to figure out whether the uh, your bad day in this new life is feels good to you like because even on a really shitty day doing what I do now I love it I'm still lit up like yeah I mean I may be in emotional pain I may be going through something that's just horrible and I'm hoping that it will end soon but I would still not be anywhere else than where I am do you, do you agree with 100%. that? 100%. Oh, I totally agree with that. I think that there's a quote out there that says, you know, you used to pray for this bad day. So yeah. like there used to be a time where I prayed for this bad day where, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like my bad day today, maybe like, you know, not getting this $10,000 client or not getting this massive yeah. product. Uh, podcast, but there was a day where I prayed to have that problem. And so I think that that's fantastic that you think about it in that way too. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't do anything else. There's going to be hard days. Even, you know, I remember a mentor of mine said, would you rather have a bad day doing what you love? Or would you rather have a good day doing something that you hate? And I would rather have a bad day doing something that I love. That's so in alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, there's something else like uh, that I feel that gets in the way here is when your focus is really on the money I think that might trip you up but how do you build a business without focusing on the money right so like even on your website when you promote your services and when most coaches promote their services we talk about helping people get uh, six figures seven figure um clients helping them build that kind of business so we also allow like encourage people to focus on the money but do you ever feel like that creates a lot of stress or do you ever feel like that sort of outsources the motivation and putting that all of that aside even if you are uh, like hooking in a client with the focus firmly on the money then how do you have them walk the path of clarity uh, walk the path of alignment without all of that stress also uh, muscling in? How do you do that? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I don't know if there's like one answer that fits every box. You know, I always try to be very, um, like, very transparent about Mm -hmm. my situation. My situation is, you know, I'm 40 years old. I've had success in my life. My husband's successful. I don't have children. I am not working to literally put food on my table. I'm obsessed with what I get to do. And Mm -hmm. yes, don't, don't get me wrong. I love money and I love the opportunities that money brings to me. Money is a sense of freedom and I'm very much wanting my clients to you know, make a lot of it. And I want to as well. But I also understand too, that like, 
there's a big difference between my energy and the energy of someone who like is literally trying to feed their children. And I want to always be extremely transparent about that. It does make it easier when it's not a life or death situation. There's no doubt about it. And I'll be honest, I don't know if a person starting, you know, a business with the like mindset of, oh my God, this has to work. Yeah. It's a both and, you know, it's both. It's probably going to work because they have no other option. Yeah. And it's probably going to be one of the worst experiences ever because they have no other option. Yeah. So, you know, it's a little bit of both, but I also think too, that like, it's so much easier to focus in. Like I, I promise you probably for the last three years, I've never thought about money. Never thought about money. The only thing I have to think about is doing a fantastic job and serving my clients at the highest level. If I do that, money will come in. There is zero doubt about it. If I show up as the best coach I possibly can and I give the highest Mm -hmm, level mm -hmm. of expertise and I serve them at the highest level, I never have to worry about money. So it becomes like that But I'm not telling you in the beginning when the money wasn't coming in. My first two years of business, I've been very transparent. For two years, I spent more than I made in my Mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. It was really on year three that we made, you know, more than we spent and six figures and beyond. But yeah, there's there's a point in time. And I think this online space is very difficult because, you know, if you were to open a brick and mortar store, Mm -hmm. you would have probably had to go out and get a loan and you'd have like, you'd be paying back the loan and you probably wouldn't be extremely profitable for a couple of years. But I think the online space tricks everyone to say, oh yeah, you should be making six figures in six months and you should have like no problems. You know what I mean? And it makes a lot of people feel like they're failing because it's, it's bullshit. Like most of it is bullshit. Right. Okay. So now for people who want to aim at the six figure, having heard your answer, they still want to aim. They are, they're just starting out. They want to aim at the six figure, at the seven figure. It's up on their vision board. What would you say to them? Like, what is the mindset they should maintain considering they're so new to the industry, considering how competitive it is? What would you say to them? I'd say making six figures, like your first hundred thousand actually isn't that hard. If you actually, because I think everything is math. So mm-hmm. if you think about your first six figures, that's like, you know, we're talking like, what is that? $8,000 a month. Let's just say it's $8,000 a month. What is that? 96000 96, $8,000 a month. If you have eight people that you charge $1,000 or if you have four people that you charge $2,000 or if you have, you know, um, 400 people that you charge $100, whatever it is, like it, it's really very granular when it comes down to math in the beginning. You don't have to have this massive amount of people. Like if you literally had one skill that you were really, really fantastic yeah. at and you found four people to pay you $2,000 a month, you're really close to your $100,000 a year. And I think so many people get so overwhelmed with doing all of the things and yeah. they don't get really clear on the one thing that they can do where they can yeah. charge that $2,000 a month or whatever it is for four people. You know, maybe those four people don't stay with you for a full year. Maybe it's eight people over the course of a full year but like when you really think about it that's how you can make your first hundred thousand dollars so i would pick one thing get really friggin' good at it and do that one thing over and over and over until you want to scale to do something else right okay so you are someone who is who puts more focus on the action 
and less on the faith. Now, if someone does the math and realizes that, okay, you know what, I don't have money to invest in the business, which means I can't exactly hire people. I'm also very new to the field, so I have not established credibility as my brand is extremely new. People don't know me. And I want to make X amount of money, which is a huge amount this year. Like I'm desperate and hungry for it. I'm putting it on my vision board. But when I do the math, like what Christina is telling me to do, where as I do the math, I realize I don't actually know how to get to those numbers. Because, you know, if you want to secure five clients a month, maybe you need to do like there is some work that has to be done that you have to have a weight of reaching these people and if you are completely new, I'm not sure if it can be completely organic, like five clients a month, if you want oh, to book I do. them. I think 100% it can, can be completely organic. I think most people probably have a small enough circle mm -hmm. to be so completely organic that they could do one thing. So the very first thing you have to do is you have to figure if you're going to be like a service based business. You have to figure out the one thing that you're so passionate about that you're really friggin' good at. Like, let's say it's you're a pod. You love podcasts. Let's use this as a, an example. Right. You love podcasts. You love editing podcasts. You think yeah. you're so damn good at it. You literally become the best damn podcast editor that's possibly imagined. Then you start reaching out to people that you know that might have a podcast. Then you go and you clip free podcast for them for like you you send them an email and you say hey listen i would love to send you over a podcast this is that i clip totally free i'd love to like share with you what we're doing you can mm -hmm. organically find someone to say yes to you for the first time if you're willing to put in the action and you're willing yeah. to do the work and you're willing to hustle that those okay. initial, like I help clients all the time in the initial part, like when you're scaling, like if you need to get a thousand people, that's a different strategy. You know, the thing that I coach most on is mindset and strategy, because it's always that whether you're making a dollar yeah. or a hundred million dollars, yeah. but the initial setup, very, very simple. Go to people that you know, go to the hundred people that you follow, add so much value to a person that they can't yeah. say no to you. You'll make your first dollar. Okay. See, that's a plan. That's a that's a, an effective, a good plan. I'll give you that. Um, but for someone who's completely new, uh, who's bound to make mistakes, because that is going to happen 100%, you take that into account, you take into account how high they're aiming, you take into account the fuck ton of work that needs to go into it. My question is, do you tell that person, by all means, go ahead, put that massive goal on your vision board, dream big, I want that for you. Or you tell them, here, that's great, put that on your vision board, but here's how things could possibly go, here's the worst case scenario, please also take that on board. Yeah, it's both, always both mm -hmm. and. So it's both, you can dream up here. Sure, mm -hmm. knock yourself out, dream up here. But what is your tangible, small, incremental goal to get there? You know, a lot of people like, oh, I want a million dollar business. Okay, how do you get to a million? By your first dollar, by your first yeah. hundred dollars, by your first thousand dollars, by your first hundred thousand dollars. So if you don't know how to get to a hundred thousand, Dreaming for a million is great, but yeah. you have to have the strategy and you have to have the mindset to go for this. It's the incremental goal. So in my opinion, it's both and. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad you said that because uh, I think it's great to dream big, but at the same time, I don't want your 
dream to blow like or not blow up in your face but like go in a direction where you are frustrated and then give up completely because i've seen that happen way too many times and it's very frustrating and it's hard to talk people off that ledge because when your heart is broken it's so easy in that moment to completely drown in your sorrow and just be like okay you know what this I, this is not for me let me just go back to my 95 that was way better and more secure 100% that's 90% of people do that. People who've worked with me, they'll quit. Be like, and I'm not like, I am the coach who tells you, yes, a big percentage of my clients have a ton of success, mm -hmm. but an also big percentage of people who've worked with me decide that it's no longer for them. And it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean I'm a bad coach. It doesn't mean I'm a good coach. It doesn't mean anything about them. You know, some people are cut out for this and some people aren't. And you have to know your why behind it. Yeah. And you also like come going back to what we talked about in the beginning, you have to figure out how to get over those imposter syndromes quicker you have to yeah. figure out that like you're not failing you're just learning like you have to be willing to play the long game like yeah. no one's successful has it it the the overnight successes are like point zero 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 one and then also too is it sustainable yeah that's so true and uh, taking that like one step forward have you ever had like clients wherein you feel like they're lying to themselves because I've had experiences like that. It's very like it is a conversational, uh, what do you call that? Landmine because you have to be so careful and not trigger that person or get their back up. Wherein you feel like because there is this narrative out there wherein you're like, don't focus on the money, focus on uh, self elevation, ascension and that sort of thing. People think that is what the nicer people do. The nicer, more uh, sort of people who are more connected with the divine energy don't care about the money. I don't even I'm know what the hell that means 90% of the time. So true. I've but seen I it online this... and I'm like, I'm so stupid because I have no idea what these people are even fucking talking about. I don't even know what 5D universe bullshit is. Like, I have no right. fucking clue. Like, For I'm sure. obviously not that smart. <laughs> but people buy it because you want to know why they buy it yeah. they buy it because it's so much easier than doing what i'm talking about it's it's yes. so much easier to buy that than to actually buy the coach who's like okay how are we going to create the strategy and the action and the faith that's going to work yeah like that is so much easier to go oh there must be this dimension that i don't fucking yeah. know about <laughs> Bitch, it doesn't exist that's why you don't know yeah. about it yeah <laughs> This is, this is very interesting because I see that sometimes I would meet people or, and it's, it's so much worse when it's a client <laughs> because then you kind of, you're, you're booked in. I, this is one of the reasons why I started doing like longer inquiry calls so I can make sure that this person is even ready for coaching where I would like yeah. meet people and this person comes into the room, brings their ego with them. <laughs> And the ego is like the third entity in the room. And you can clearly see that this person wants the life. They've Or maybe they've, they've been on my feed. And even though I rarely share anything about my personal life, but I would share maybe just enough for someone to know what's going on. And they would talk about all the travel I do. They would talk about maybe some someday something I posted, which made me my life look fancier probably than it is. I'm a very simple person, but <laughs> whatever. And I can see in their eyes that they want that for themselves. But then they're talking about all of this spiritual stuff and talking themselves away from the material goals. And I'm like, 
there is just so much friction in what this person consciously wants and what they are, you know, the narrative that is being fed to them on a subconscious level. How do you navigate those conversations and bring them to a place where they have more clarity, but that clarity is also very jarring because it shows them a reality that's very different from what they've believed so far? I mean, there's just so many ways that I can take that, but like, I really truly just believe that like sometimes people just have to learn hard lessons. Like sometimes people just have to learn a hard lesson and learn that like the easy route, like that easy button, you know, it it just doesn't exist. There's there's ways to make things easier and there's ways to like enjoy the experience more. But Mm -hmm. like to think that there is like something, I think this is like what you're trying to say is that like most people believe there's a secret that they don't know that's going to get them this life and business. And if they invest in this coach or this program, they're going to learn the secret and then they too are going to have this easy button life. Then they do it and they figure out like, oh shit, I must not have have it made or I must not be like the coach in order to have that life. So maybe just let me quit. But the problem is, is that perhaps that coach is selling something that doesn't fucking actually exist. You know, right. like I want my clients to know like, yes, I am maybe a couple steps ahead of them, but like I want my clients to know. I have bad days. I feel like I'm failing sometimes. I have a coach. I have a therapist. I lose money. I have client problems. You know, like I'm very open about it because I don't want anyone to think that like I have something that they don't fucking have. I'm never selling that. I'm selling, we're in this partnership together. And if you make way more money than me, amazing. I literally just want you to live out your purpose and make a profit and feel confident and clear in what your vision is for this life that you have. Like something that I'm really, really good at is I know life is short and I want everyone to really experience it really like to the fullest. And I'm very, very passionate about that. And a lot of times that does require a lot amount of money or a good amount of money. Like Mm -hmm. I'm totally, I understand that, but I also want you to enjoy the experience of life more than just make money. Yeah. Awesome. I love that answer. So would you say like to the listeners, which is this like you giving them permission that it's okay to be obsessed with money? I mean, yeah, external validation and focusing too much on it can be dangerous and money. I think to a certain extent is about external validation, but it's also so much more about freedom. So would you give them the permission that yes, be obsessed with money, be obsessed with your, the numbers, the material goals, and it's okay to go all in. And that does not mean that you're walking completely away from a spiritual path. That is a way to like have both. Oh my God. Absolutely. I I never grew up in like a traditional church environment. I I always say that God and I are close, but it's my connection. It's my relationship with God. So Mm -hmm. I never came like from the brainwash mentality that like having financial abundance is like ungodly. Like I know some people believe that. I fucking don't. (laughs) But I, if if for your listeners, if they've never read a book called The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, it's one of my absolute favorite books. And we talk in in that book, it talks about how money is typically four things for people. It's either status, security, 
freedom or experience. And most people kind of fall into one or the other. For me, 100% money is experience and freedom. Those are my two biggest ones. I could give a shit about my yeah. status. I could give a shit about security. Because for me, I believe that I have enough confidence in myself that I can always trust myself to make money. Like I am confident right. as hell that I can always trust myself to show up. So money to me is like freedom. The, my experiences, like I love living life. So that's yeah. what money does for me. So I don't really focus on the money. I just focus on if I do a really good job and I serve my clients to the highest level, then I'm going to be able to have all the experiences I ever wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love that. Love that. That's a very healthy perspective to maintain. I think it's very necessary, especially when your goals are very challenging and they push you in ways that sort of compel you to discover unexplored mental territories and like physical territories as well. So far as your business is concerned, I think that is a the perspective you need as you walk that path. Um, I'm also very fascinated by like people who have success by their routines. So tell me something about like the daily rituals that you observe that allow you to bring a degree of success, productivity, focus uh, to your life on a daily basis. Yeah. So I always say that like motivation is kind of bullshit. Yeah. I do motivational Monday videos and things like that, but motivation is kind of bullshit. I've really just created <laughs> habits and a lifestyle. Like I literally have, like I just do things because they're such habit. Like I post every single day on social media. Right. I do my daily devotional. I work out nine times out of 10. I go for a walk almost every single solitary day for three and a half years. Like I drink you know, gallons of water in a day. It's the habits that I created. Am I motivated? No. Like I just do it because I have the habit. So I think the main thing for me, honestly, since I literally am on calls with clients all day long, the one habit that I have is that it's just truly like my most important one is I go for a walk every day. And for me, it's kind of like my meditation. It's my spiritual connection. Um, you know, it's my calming down. I am not, <laughs> I'm not a good wife when I don't, I'm probably not a a good coach when I don't for me it's just like I it, it clears my head and it's my connection to my my source God it's my meditation right amazing okay uh what is like what are your one-on-one sessions like please share that with my listeners so that a they can get an understanding of what it's like to work with a coach uh and also if they want to do something like that on also the, they'll get an idea of what that's like and what do you like what are the elements you bring to your session yeah absolutely so my whole coaching the, the my brand which is decide it's your turn the brand is based on my three pillars which is decision faith and action i always believe that business and life is mindset and strategy you're never going to do one without the other i don't care if you're making a dollar or you're making a hundred million dollars mm -hmm. it's always mindset and strategy right so on a coaching call with me so i do my full-time clients get three calls a month they get unlimited access to me on boxer. So I, as a former professional golfer, I knew that I wasn't going to um, only need my coach like one time, like, you know, one time a week right. to ask questions. Right. I wanted yeah. to have access to my coach all the time, like mm -hmm. good things, bad things, questions, comments, concerns. And so my clients get one-on-one -on -one access to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, because I want to be able to help them. I say it's a coaching relationship. I, you and I are in a relationship for six months, right. but every call is very different 
different, you know, like sometimes we talk about strategy, sometimes we talk about, you know, personal, sometimes we talk about like mindset stuff that's coming up week in and week out. It changes, you know, the themes of all of my clients are very, very similar. But if you're having a dumpster fire in your personal life, sometimes the calls are heavily focused on that in order for you to be able to really get clear in business. And sometimes business is going, you know, sometimes we need to create better strategies to, to make life easier at work, you know, like SOPs, yeah. standard operating procedures. How do we scale this? Questions, you know, yeah. how do we get better at that to give you more time in your personal life? It's, it's always both and. So let me ask you, if you were to uncover, we talked about spirituality and you very quickly, you were like, okay, I'm not into like, I'm not into that stuff or maybe not too knowledgeable there. But if you were to uncover some, some like insane spiritual truth that blows apart um, how the world is set up, like the, the whole concept of how the world is set up. And you know, if you're clients were to find out about this they would be they would they would be pure chaos but it's an essential truth you feel would you tell your clients would you tell the world about it if you thought it would lead to chaos deep question you know it's interesting because you know you think about the world in the last couple years and you think about how polarizing our world is like especially here in the united states left and right you know COVID, not COVID, you know, all of the things, everything is very polarizing. And I know my thought process on all of it. But the thing that I think I've done pretty well as a coach is I love my my left. I love my right. I love my COVID. I love my non-COVID. I love my vaccine, (laughs) my non-vaccine. You know, I think that I've kind of been able to see both perspectives. You know, I may not agree with it, but I can respect a person from that. So yeah. if I knew this truth, I could believe it, but I don't feel like it would be my responsibility. Kind of going right. back to like, as a coach, I say that it's not my job to tell anyone what to do. My job is mm-hmm. to help them get the clarity for what is right for them. So I probably wouldn't say anything. Wow. <laughs> All right. It's, uh, I love that. See, this is uh, one of the reasons why I'm asking these questions in every episode is Sometimes I come up with such idiotic, weird questions. Sometimes I come up with like the the kind of question that I just asked you that's profound and deep. What emerges more often than not is the degree of conviction that my guest has. And this is what I want to get across to people, like unique characteristics to these people that we admire. Like I invited you onto the show because I admire you. I admire how you do business. I admire how you are reaching out to your clients. So I want my listeners to be very observant of these characteristics, not just step one, step two, step three, here's the formula, go out and do it. There's a reason why people, they follow the exact same strategy and still don't get success because there is something there that's missing. I want my listeners to pay attention to that something and not just the dominant conversation. So this is my very direct way of handing it to them. Like here. (laughs) <laughs> take this <laughs> so i love you know the what you're saying you have sorry you know what you're saying you're saying that your clients or, or your listeners they have to be clear and confident yeah the shit i talk about all day long yeah yeah it, this is you just said that they have to have the they have to see the conviction in me yeah it's not 
that you have to fall in love with the way I do things and the way I see things. What has made me and my clients successful is the fact that I have fallen in love with the way that I am doing it. I am confident in the way that I am doing it. I am clear in the way that I am doing it. So your listeners have to understand, almost see through, like it doesn't matter what I actually believe or what I do. The thing that has made me and my clients successful is the confidence and the clarity that I have in the way that I do it. That is the quote unquote secret sauce. Yes, yes. And I'll put that against the narratives, again, that is being fed to uh, our generation or not actually our generation, but to the next generation because they're way more susceptible to it is this whole thing about compassion, 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 softness, 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 and take it easy, go slow. And so this generation is growing up to be someone who wants absolute equality, to want absolute fairness and to see the world wherein they're like, um, make space for everyone and not really have to fight for anything. And they're so busy considering everyone's perspective that they're not really understanding any perspective at all. You have to have conviction and people are just so scared of it because they feel like, oh, I'll become a zealot or I'll become a fanatic. Well, maybe that's true. Then that's something you have to watch out for and your people can help you with that. But at the same time, if you don't have it, well, nothing's going to get done. And I'm so scared about that because I have a younger niece. Someday I'm going to have a daughter. And what am I going to be telling them? Because they would rather listen to TikTok than (laughs) to a real person, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, and again, I think that that's what comes down to like, you know, who you surround yourself with where you actually and your your children and your niece will be on the right path. Because, you know, you have conviction, you work hard, you have your own thoughts, you have your own decisions. I mean, you know, the worst thing you can possibly do is have no no opinion whatsoever. You know, like, I remember a long time ago, one of my mentors said to me, you know, indecision is still a decision and sitting on the fence, you're going to get splinters in your ass. So make a decision either way, you know, decide it's your turn, make a decision. There's no wrong decision. The only decision is not making a decision. Yeah. I love that. I I love it. Uh, So yeah, this was such an incredible conversation. And I hope now my listeners are like, embrace the conviction, go for the money and (laughs) just do it with a lot of confidence, trap a pair on, (laughs) go for it. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Christina. This was amazing. Well, what do you know? We've reached the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, for supporting the podcast and for sharing your time with me. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show on whatever podcast platform you love. You can also watch the video version of the interviews and most of the solo episodes on my YouTube channel. Link is in the episode description. Now, if you made it this far, you must love the content at least a little bit, or maybe you just like hanging out with me, or there was something in this particular episode that resonated with you, or maybe it's all of those things. I would love to know. So if you've got a minute, it will be great if you can drop a review on Apple Podcasts or you can send me your thoughts on the show via email. Now, if you want content that goes deeper than even the podcast does with a lot of real life stories, one-on-one interactions, or just become part of my tribe, subscribe to my weekly newsletter. The link is in the episode description. Once again, thank you so, so much for sharing your time with me. Take care and I will be back soon with the next episode.